Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And um, 
to just, you know, total uh, high school band stuff. And we started our own, uh, you know, punk rock band. And we played one show only. And I think it was at, I think it was at a train station. Uh, but I can't quite remember. But, uh, I, I lived on a Asylum, which they used to call Dog Island. But that was just like a four or five minute ferry uh, ride uh, to the to the main mainland for uh, you know, the antiquaries. What were some of your takeaways from that? I mean, like, what were some of your thoughts about playing for the first time? Were you hooked right after that, or was it kind of a long time coming for you playing the drums? Well, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun playing it, you know. There wasn't a lot of people there. Uh, you know, it's kind of a homie put-together show, which is, you know, some other guys had bands, too. Uh, you know, I don't think there was probably more than maybe 20 or so people there, but... Uh, it was the first time actually you know performed in front of anybody anywhere, so um, you know that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I, I was, at that point, I mean, I knew you know before then that you know I loved music and it was fun, fun to do. Uh, and so you know I wasn't really thinking uh, a lot about you know the future of of my music when I was. You know, obviously, you had your time in '88 through. I'm not completely accurate about this. 
Oh, well, um, they, well, when, when I was introduced to them, they, they told me that they were going to be playing another show, uh, and that this was one of, like, I think, uh, was, I, I remember being outside anyway, I believe it was on the, uh, the campus grounds, um, and so I went to that show, and it was show when they asked if I wanted to uh, play with them. So that, that was the point where they asked me, like, you know, okay, let's, you know, would you like to play that? And, I was, and at the time, I was like, you know, ticked on the road for nothing stopped, uh, you know, stopped playing. So I wasn't doing anything. I thought, well, yeah, what the heck, I'll check it out. I'm not doing anything, you know. So we went ahead and set up some time to, to jam, just kind of went from there. Oh, man. Do you remember your guys' first practice as the band Nirvana? Uh, it was expressed to me that uh, you know they were 
looking for, for uh, you know, some very basic and simple uh, ideas and stuff uh, for, for drumming. And so, and that, and that, um, well, that was actually kind of a first for me because all things that I played with before, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know, I just, I just came up and you know wrote different things and stuff like that. And so, I, I can tell, like, I've seen some of like the video footage that, that came with the DVD for the box set, and I look at that and I was like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I mean, a lot of that stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's like virtually no drum fills in, in a lot of it and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, oh, okay, I was just trying to figure out what I, what I could, what I could do, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of thing. So that, it kind of takes me back a little bit to, to that era, trying to, trying to figure. Okay, so they want simple, but how simple? What can I do? What can I, what can I get away with? Can I, can I put a fill here? Can I do something here? Or, or is that gonna, is, is that gonna com uh, complicate things? Uh, I didn't really know. So I was, I, I played it safe with what I did. I was I, the starting days of me in Nirvana was me playing it very, very safe and, and just kind of, just you know thinking ideas of just what I want to do for basic beats and then I figured, well, later on I'll figure out, you know, I'll just experiment with things and, and uh, you know, see if I can sneak something in there, see if they like it or not. <laughs> I don't know. But, but to listen to that stuff was definitely, uh, definitely reminds me of that, of, of how, uh, how straightforward and, and simplistic it all was. I mean, that, I mean, that was sort of like, I mean, when I talked to them and stuff, they were like, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're really looking for something you know, not a lot of uh, fills and things and stuff like that. And uh, just something that's, you know, just a, a, a strong, uh, a strong heavy beat to just, you know, carry through the songs. I don't, you know, like, I don't know what experiences and, and things and stuff they had with uh, the previous drummers. So I, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure. But I was just, you know, I was new, <laughs> new to the scene. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody, uh, at least, you know, I didn't know a lot of people except for my friends up in Olympia at the time. And certainly, you know, I didn't know anybody about, or didn't know anybody in Aberdeen. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know the other guys, the other drummers and stuff, and I had really no idea um, what, you know, what was going on. Now, obviously, everybody knows the story about Kurt and Kurt Cobain, and uh, I mean, obviously, an icon today in rock and roll history. Uh, how was it experiencing that type of passion up close from your perspective? I mean, everybody knows how uh, obviously tortured he was in his head, but how, like, how, what was he like being around uh, all the time on tour? What was it like experiencing Kurt Cobain as a human being up close and personal? Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know playing the shows and stuff and everybody's just totally rocking out and and you know i always thought well that's perfect you know I, you know him totally crazy and stuff like that I, I i was you know my impression was like well you know this is kurt this is this is the way he performs this is how he gets into it and and uh you know after you know i was very you know very used to how he you know how he played on, on stage and stuff like that and i thought it was great i thought you know well this is this is great for you know live show it's so energetic and stuff and you know sometimes i think man people have got to trip out when they see us sometimes you know because <laughs> it's really uh you know chaotic and and then of course you know at the a lot of the end, end of the shows you know smashing guitars and stuff which you know <clears throat> wasn't you know obviously not a new thing um but uh Obviously, you know, something that hadn't really, you know, 
beginning of the end of the shows was was a time when I sort of like, you know, well, I don't, I don't know how to say this exactly. I don't say grip my teeth or anything, but it's like at one point I knew that there would be instruments and bodies being flown, flown into me, <laughs> you know, my direction. Um, and I can't remember where it was, but uh, Chris had tossed up his bass, and the bass guitar, the body of it came down on my head and knocked me out. It said I was I was out for like, you know, five or six seconds or something like that. It was just like, they were like, Chen, Chen, and I was like, nothing, and then I kind of popped out of it. <laughs> oh my God, so how, how does that work? Like, do you guys plan that beforehand? Like, you, you mentioned, like, it's it wasn't like an original thing, smashing guitars and stuff, but like, throwing up his bass like that, I know he knocked himself out too at uh, the MTV Awards in the 90s as well, but like, what what's that like? Like, do you guys talk about that? Like, I mean, that just sounds very hazardous to me. I mean, have you ever had a conversation with either Chris or Kurt about not doing that? Like, not throwing your, your basses in the air and, and potentially no, knocking no. each other? It was just it was just part of the show, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I never I never was like, okay, you guys gotta, you know, you guys gotta chill out here. I never that really never really entered my head. I think I was more concerned really with uh, what sort of patchwork or things I would need to do to my drums, <laughs> you know, because they're flying on, you know, flying in them and stuff like that. I mean, I've had like cymbal stands uh, and stuff, you know, get slightly bent or something weird, so. Um, well, actually, at one point, I, I did my own damage, um, and this was a show in New York, which may have been the show that uh, we played where uh, uh, Iggy Pop was there. Um, we didn't have, there wasn't a carpet uh, for the drums to be on. They had this rubber mat, and they didn't have any, uh, there wasn't any blocks or anything to keep the kick drum from going anywhere, you know, from keeping it uh, still. And so it was sliding all the time, and through all the songs, I'd have to stop really quick, or, well, not stop, but like, you know, grab a hand and try to pull the, you know, kick drum uh, back up close to me, because it was always getting away. And it was driving me nuts, and I think it was probably the second to the last song or something like that. It was just totally getting away, and I, I just, I lost it. I was like, this, I, this sucks. I just, I just, I stopped playing. I just stopped playing song. I picked up the kick drum and I raised up my head and just smashed it on the on the on the stage. And I cracked it. I cracked it. It just put this big split. And it was made out of this uh, like fiberglass type of material or something. You know, it, it wasn't wood. And so it split on the top only. And of course later I had this. You know, what I did was I just grabbed a bunch of duct tape and just. You know, wrapped it around the entire kick drum to keep together for the rest of the tour. <laughs> now, when you guys are playing live gigs on tour, how many songs from Nevermind are you playing? I know there were like five or six. I know In Bloom, Stay Away, uh, Breed, potentially. How many songs were you guys actually playing off of uh, what would be in 1991? Yeah, the there, were, there were a number of songs that we were playing. Um, it was at least four or five of, of the songs that uh you know that made a never never mind that we were playing because these were uh part of the songs that we recorded with uh butch big and madison did you notice a big difference between those songs and the batch of songs you were playing from bleach because obviously bleach and never mind two completely different uh, uh records um yeah i guess i mean you know every band uh evolves with each record uh and so I mean, this one definitely had 
I mean, it's still kept up with a lot of, uh, you know, of the aggressiveness. But uh, kind of the other side, I should say, or, or the, re the remainder of the songs that ended up on Nevermind, uh, or not all of them, but uh, some of them, um, you know, definitely kind of was keeping the uh, the pop sense uh, alive, very, you know, very strong. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there was... A, there was some definite, you know, changes uh, going on, um, but you know, nothing to any extreme uh, that, that I could and I want to ask you one more thing before I let you go. I kind of wanted to talk about your departure from the band uh, in 1990, because obviously Kurt went through his fair share of drummers, ends up uh, uh, finding Dave Grohl. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Was it kind of a bitter ending? Did you understand? What was that whole experience like uh, leaving Nirvana in 90? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, w it was pretty amicable, really. And and it was all really just a, a, a musical thing, you know, uh, because, you know, as, as, aside from that, I mean, we always got along really well and, you know, we always regarded ourselves as, as good friends and, and stayed that way, you know, you know, until, you know, after the fact. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I've, I've always been a songwriter, um, you know, of course, my style of songwriting, you know, evolved and has changed drastically from, you know, back then. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I guess one of the things for me was uh, um, after the recording of uh, Bleach and stuff, um, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, Kurt expressed interest in, in having us uh, help out some songwriting stuff like that. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that sounds great. So, you know, it's totally what I'd love to do. And it just it just never really never really transpired never really got around. Um, I've heard before uh, uh, that people had said that they'd heard some articles or interviews or something about uh, he you know listened to some things that I've written and wasn't that interested in it. Um, but uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't recall ever showing him a single song ever did, <laughs> except for maybe I might have been sitting in a hotel room jamming on something and he walked in on it. But uh, I never really actually had the opportunity to uh, to do uh, to show him something as much as I wanted to anyway. So, and I think so that was kind of really the, the deal the deal with it. You know, I just I just wanted to have a little more. Uh, I don't know, freedom of expression, I guess. And it didn't transpire, so, you know, it's kind of led to what it led to. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show hall, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only gonna break up with you. He's definitely gonna break up with you. Should have used tip pick. What'd you say? Tip pick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.